Chapter 41 Sneak On Up Luke, Eamon, and Bosco worked their way slowly down the fence, looking out for holes and electronic surveillance gear that might be hidden from view. Luke had just begun to adjust to his connection with Bosco. It felt as if he was wearing a contact lens and only one eye. With his right eye, he saw him black and white, but sharper and clearer with less darkness, with a completely different perspective. At one point, Bosco stopped to take a leak. He could see the urine trail as if it were a dog map. He had heard that cats and dogs were more sensitive to UV light, but this was otherworldly. Through his other eye, Luke saw with his standard vision, which helped him keep his spatial perspective. Otherwise, he'd have thrown up and fallen down. It was weird having two distinct perspectives, like different movies playing in each eye. But halfway to the building, he'd somehow learned to use one eye at a time, still keeping them both open. A few steps later, Luke held his hand up and came to a sudden stop. With Bosco's hearing, he heard a faint hum, something mechanical. He whispered to Eamon that he heard something. No shit. Can you see it? Eamon asked. Luke closed one eye and focused in on his Bosco vision. He visualized Bosco walking closer to the humming sound. The dog understood and crept over without hesitation. Luke could see that he was practically on top of it and visualized instructions for him to find the other sensors. Luke and Eamon stood still for a few minutes while Bosco cleared a path for them, finding the other devices while Luke stored their locations in his mind, creating a map of the gaps in coverage. They were almost out of the electronic minefield when Jack jumped into Luke's head, causing him to stumble and disconnect from Bosco, nearly tumbling into a sensor. What the hell, man? Luke thought quickly. We need to move to plan B, Jack said. There's two distinct combinations for entry and exit into this vault. I don't have the exit code and we're stuck. So you've got Quan? Luke asked. Well, yeah and no. He's locked in another room and I can't get him out. The guard has the keys. One more thing. He was taken and putting in with a girl who says she knows you, Jack said. No way, Luke shot back. Her name's Chastity. Said you guys met before, Jack said. What the fuck? Chastity? Okay, wait. Her name's really Chastity? I thought that was just some made-up shit, Luke said with disbelief. You sound surprised, Jack said. Well, you could say that. I thought she was dead. Luke quickly pivoted. Okay, so plan B it is. Just send me some directions and I'll find you, Luke said. You've got to be careful. I just found out they're going to blow this place, Jack said. And there's still a shitload of armed guards walking around. Luke lost his connection with Jack when he was jolted by the noise of a helicopter rotor directly overhead, moving toward the parking lot. He and Eamon squatted down quickly to avoid detection. But the aircraft's landing lights were nowhere near them. It didn't appear the helicopter crew was searching for anything either. Holy shit, that scared me, Eamon said, watching the helicopter land in the distance. Luke relayed what Jack told him to Eamon. Nastity is in there? And we're walking into a potential bomb site? Eamon said. He raised his eyebrows, eyes wide open. Shit, that's two great reasons to haul ass out of here, Eamon said under his breath, calming his expression. Luke, Eamon, and Bosco finally made it to the loading dock, only to find 20 or so people loading two semi-trucks while a few guards milled around, holding their automatic rifles at the ready. Damn, this is no good, Luke whispered. 
Keeps getting worse, Eamon said, peeking around the building to take a look for himself. Luke quickly connected with Jack. Man, we got a problem here. It looks like we got a bunch of humans with guns congregated by the loading dock and they're in the middle of packing up the fucking ark before the flood comes. There's a shitload of machinery getting stuffed into a couple of tractor trailers, Luke said. Did you see any biohazard stickers on any of the equipment, Jack asked. Luke shifted his focus to his right eye and guided Bosco to look toward the equipment near the loading dock. Yeah, what is that stuff, Luke asked. Oh, it's part of some viral experiment they're working on, Jack said. Fucking fabulous, Luke muttered. Anything else, big guy? Like nuclear waste? Jack let the sarcastic remark go, then said, You have to disable those trucks. Whatever's in them needs to blow up with the facility. Piece of cake. Anything else? Luke asked. Pizza? Blowjob? Luke was starting to sweat. Seriously, Jack said. Don't let those trucks leave. Dude, I appreciate your master plan, but I've still got to figure out a way to get past all of these fucking people. You led me into an Al-Qaeda convention out here, Luke said. We'll worry about the trucks after we get you out of here, but speaking of which, where the hell are you? Luke shot back. Jack flashed images of the floor plan and hallways leading from the loading dock to the main vault. Within seconds, Jack's thoughts had been downloaded and were clear as Luke's own. Luke turned to Eamon. I know where he is, but we gotta figure out a way to create a distraction so we can get by all these people. Eamon nodded toward Bosco. Eamon was right. Bosco would be ideal to create a distraction. Luke flashed an image to Bosco, visualizing him running past the trucks, barking at the guards and employees at the far side of the loading dock, while he and Eamon hit the nearby set of stairs and slid down the wall toward the hallway. Bosco took off and began barking playfully as he scampered under the two semi-trailers, turning circles and barking as if he wanted to play on the other side of the loading dock. Bosco's misdirection worked perfectly as everyone stopped to walk over to the other side of the loading area to see what was going on. There was no one close as Luke and Eamon turned the corner and headed up the stairs, keeping their heads down, hugging the wall, making it to a small, empty secondary quarter in seconds. Something flickered in Luke's Bosco vision. He saw one of the guards lift his rifle and point it in Bosco's direction. In a panic, he screamed, Run! inside his head, but Bosco didn't move. He saw a glint of light off the barrel of the guard's gun before he hurled a picture at Bosco of him running hard into the tall grass. With their connection strong, Bosco quickly turned and scrambled back around the building from where they had just come, the sound of bullets ripping through the darkness as the guard poured a few rounds into the dirt where Bosco had been standing just seconds before. Luke had sensed his dog's adrenaline spike as his hearing and sense of smell became more acute. He visualized for Bosco, him crouching in the grass and making his way to the front of the building where he could keep watch. Bosco complied quickly and took up his post as their eyes and ears out front. Luke connected with Jack. We're in. Good. Where are you? Jack asked. We're in the small hallway behind the east grow area. I think the vault is past the grow room, along the main hallway to the loading dock. Right? Luke asked. Yeah, that's it. Circle back around and get to the top of the main corridor and work your way back to the vault. Most of what they're loading into those trucks is already at the docks. I know they've cleared everything out of the vault where I am already. Probably the same with the lab. 
You shouldn't run into anyone, Jack said. Luke and Eamon made their way quietly down the corridor. Eamon was well-dressed, as always, in jeans and a sweater. Luke in a gray cat suit made for a woman. He didn't know what he was more afraid of, getting shot or being seen in the skin-tight outfit. They made it to the intersection of the main corridor that spanned the width of the building when they heard voices. They stopped immediately and went down on one knee, backs to the wall. Luke ducked low and peered beyond the wall toward the voices. There were two armed paramilitary-looking guards on their knees working on what looked to be a large wad of putty, trying to untangle wires and connect them into a small control device. They're setting charges, Luke whispered to Amon. Amon just wadded up his face. You have a taser? Luke asked. Amon pulled it out of his back pocket. I've got an idea. Follow my lead, Luke said. Luke stood up, gathered himself, and started talking like he was telling Amon a story. They turned the corner and acted as if they belonged there. Luke started laughing immediately, then said, So I told her, like, what the fuck? It's not like you can get pregnant that way or anything, Luke said, laughing. Eamon took the hint and started laughing too. The two guards looked up at them. Confusion smeared on their faces. Luke looked like an escapee from Cirque du Soleil, and Eamon may have been the first black dude they'd ever seen. But the plan was working. The guards didn't make an effort to grab their weapons or stop what they were doing. Sup, guys? Luke asked as he got closer to them, temporarily halting his story. Eamon gave him a head nod. What's up? Seriously, are you fucking stupid? One of the guards asked testily. Luke could tell the other guard was about to ask who the hell he was when he clenched his fist and hammered it into the side of the guard's head. Eamon sprang into action and tased the smart-ass guy in the forehead. Luke shook his hand out to dissipate the pain. Eamon quickly slung the telescoping blackjack toward the ground and extended it, giving it to Luke. Luke put his finger to his mouth, shushing both guards, then grabbed their sidearms from their holsters. Gentlemen, your night's work here is done, Luke said. On the guards, they found plastic zip ties. They tied their hands behind their backs and bound their ankles together, then gave each a crack on the head for good measure. Eamon found duct tape at the explosive goodie box, wrapped their mouths, and looped some tape between their wrists and ankles, essentially hog-tying them. They pulled the guards into the grow room, closed the door, and gave them some privacy to dream about their life choices. Shit, that was cool, right? Luke whispered excitedly. Eamon just shook his head in dismay. You were just so fucked up. I don't even know where to start. Look, man, we need to find Jack, Eamon said, pointing down the hall. Luke raised his eyebrows and smiled, then stopped quickly as he looked down at the box the guards were carrying. Shit, this terror starter kit's a problem, Luke said, pointing to the explosives. You heard Jack. Uh, well, okay, maybe you didn't, but they're going to blow the hell out of this place, he continued. Eamon wrinkled his face, seemingly considering options while Luke kept talking. We need to split up, man. We need to divide and conquer, Luke said. We can't have this shit going off before we rescue Jack, Quan, and Chastity. You take Bosco, find the explosives, and I'll get them, Luke said. Eamon snapped out of his trance. How the hell am I going to go find the explosives? Much less find the dog or Jedi mind trip with him. Man, that's your department. Eamon raised his arms in exasperation. Look, man, 
I'll connect with him. I'll bring him here and get him to go with you to sniff out explosives. Piece of cake, Luke replied, trying to calm Eamon down. It was fairly obvious by the look on Eamon's face that he thought Luke was completely full of shit. Luke didn't really blame him, but pressed on anyway. Come on, man, swear to God, we can do this. Let me see if I can find Bosco. If I can, then it's a lock, right? Luke again with the eyebrows. Eamon rolled his eyes while Luke found Bosco just where he had left him, in the grass about a 100 yards from the helicopter and 50 feet from the front door, shielded from view by a low brick walkway border. He quickly pictured the instructions, one at a time. It was still a new thing, and Luke didn't know how much Bosco could handle at once. He figured if Bosco was anything like him, too much information all at once wouldn't work out so well. He pushed Bosco a thought, but the dog ignored him when he pictured the loading dock again. Luke could almost see Bosco mentally shit-canning the idea. Apparently, dogs remember getting shot at and don't like it. Instead, Bosco began sniffing the air and listening more intently. As Luke stood with Eamon, wired into Bosco's senses, he heard the squeaking of what sounded to be a rusty hinge and saw with one eye Bosco moving back around the building. The sound of the hinge became louder, and within a few seconds, Bosco had found it. It was a door camouflaged by overgrown shrubbery halfway down the side of the huge metal building. Luke saw Bosco move through the thick underbrush to examine the door. Out of sight and out of mind must have applied to this particular door. He could see a rusted combination lock still dangling from a clasp that had rusted, leaving the door slightly ajar. Luke didn't have to show him what to do. Bosco had been nudging doors open for years and just did what came naturally. He put his snout on the crack and began to open the door. The hinges were in bad shape, rusted to shit, and Luke could sense his frustration. He could also sense the dog's determination as he kept at it for a couple of minutes. Bosco was finally able to gain enough leverage to open the door. However, a chain kept it from opening all the way. Bosco examined the opening. Luke saw what he saw and could tell it was going to be a tight fit. Too tight, most likely. Bosco took two deep breaths and stuck his head through the opening. It was pitch black but Luke could make out shapes of landscaping tools and bags of fertilizer. Luke tried not to interfere with Bosco's thought process and did nothing but observe. Eventually, Bosco pushed forward, managing to squeeze his body through the opening. He fucking made it, Luke whispered to Eamon. He saw Bosco weave through the stacks of mulch and potting soil and fertilizer and can tell he was negotiating the obstacle course with his sense of smell and hearing picking up the stronger sense of high traffic areas and listening for sounds outside the room. Within seconds, Bosco made it to the room's entrance and looked down at the light shining under the door. He heard the sounds of people, but they came from the loading dock, too far away to be an issue. The only problem was the door was closed shut. There was no nudging his way out. As he looked at the door, Luke realized they were in luck. There was no doorknob just a long horizontal bar that when pushed would open the door. Thank God it's a bar, not a doorknob, Luke thought. Luke flashed instructions to Bosco, who backed up and jumped up on the door, using his full 80 pounds to press down the bar. He looked like a circus poodle opening the door, but it worked. 
Luke tried to give him an idea of where they were, but it was too late. Eamon's cologne registered at his dog brain, and within a few seconds, they heard the click of his nails on the industrial tile floor. Eamon looked at Luke as if he had just raised the dead. Holy shit, he whispered loudly. Now are we good? Luke asked sarcastically. Yeah, Eamon smiled. Definitely. Luke showed Bosco the box of plastic explosives and visualized him smelling it and finding the others. Bosco wagged his tail in response. Luke shot him a quick mental picture of the guards and guns and anything else he could think of so Bosco would be careful and not run down the halls barking and playing. Bosco calmed down and became more focused. Luke watched Eamon and the Boz turn the corner onto a small walkway behind the enclosed grow area and turned his full attention to finding Jack without getting caught. He quickly connected with his brother. I think I'm almost there, I think, Luke said to Jack. Cool, but I can't get Quan or Chastity. Luke quickly butted in. Oh, you mean Nastity. That's her new name, by the way, Luke interjected. Oh, shut the fuck up and quit interrupting me. I can't get Quan or, well, Nastity out of their holding room. It's deadbolted and there's no key, Jack said. Luke smiled. He had almost forgotten how much he loved to annoy his brother. Okay, I'll get you out and we'll find the key, Luke said. Luke walked as quietly and as cautiously as he could for five minutes before finding the vault, almost missing it due to its sheer size. There were no clues that the corridor walls that he had been clinging to were actually part of the vault. That was until he turned a corner and saw a singularly large door, one that looked like it came straight out of a casino in Vegas. Shit, he whispered looking at it, his connection still open. You here? Jack asked. This is one big fucking door. I've never seen a vault this big. Come on, man. How much weed is in there? Luke asked. For Christ's sake, stop already. We gotta get going, Jack said. Then began to transmit the numbers to Luke, who punched in the code for the door. They heard a heavy mechanical noise like someone dropping a hammer on concrete as the door opened slightly. A green light flashing above the keypad. They were all hugs as Jack emerged from the vault. Luke stepped back and looked at his brother, dressed in an all-black running suit like some third-world commando. What the fuck? Luke asked, pointing to Jack's collection of facial contusions and cuts. Never mind that, but what the fuck? Jack replied, pointing to Luke's outfit. Heh, makes my package look huge, Luke said with a shit-eating grin. Dude, that is so wrong. I can literally see your pulse in that thing, Jack said, physically shuddering. The bonding was short-lived, and Jack's expression turned grim. We need to get out of here and stop Beth, but most importantly, stop those trucks from leaving with a virus. What about Quan? We need to get him out of here, Luke said. There's no time, and there's no key. We've got to stop all this shit from happening first, Jack said. Luke didn't like it. No one was more personally annoying to him than Quan, but leaving him stuck in the vault didn't sit well either. However, Jack was adamant, and he knew the situation better than anyone. I've got Eamon and the boss sniffing for explosives, Luke said, changing the subject. Bosco can do that? Jack asked in amazement. Huh, take it from me. There's a whole lot of shit Bosco can do, Luke said, grinning. Jack smiled, something he hadn't done in a while. Cool. 
Now let's go find my soon-to-be ex-girlfriend.